0: This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented
2: by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Persuda Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge.
3: Good evening and welcome to another Thursday night edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR, Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson with you once again Merrill Hodge will be along directly and uh, we are still talking about meaningful football the Steelers uh, are not in control but they're not out of it yet they've got the Cleveland Browns coming up Sunday at Aquashire Stadium and if they can win that game and if the uh, New England Patriots cannot defeat the Buffalo Bills and if the Miami Dolphins cannot defeat the New York Jets then the Steelers are going to the playoffs at least uh, according we to the,
2: I mean, who knows, right? According to the <laughs> yeah, current right. format, yes, exactly uh,
3: right., uh, there's been some discussion, some scuttlebutts, some rumors,, uh, various uh, noise <laughs> in the air, Matt, about maybe adding an eighth team, right because of the Cincinnati would well for
2: Pittsburgh, obviously. This Cincinnati
3: Buffalo situation with, right.
2: I have no comment really on all that. I mean, that's still up in the air. I'm sure no matter what, you have to beat the Browns and some other things probably have to go your way. But I like their chances. I mean, Hitting parlays is tough, you know, getting all three of them right. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think I would probably pick the Bills to win. I would probably pick the Jets to win, and I'd probably pick the Steelers to win.
3: Uh, That'll lead us into our uh, What to Expect segment, which is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. Elaborate for me on why you would pick the Jets or why you would expect the Jets to win, because I see two teams. Each of them have lost five games in a row, and I don't know if they have a quarterback between them. So how do you handicap that?
2: I know, but the the Dolphins are on their third quarterback. The Jets are on their best quarterback of the year. That's not wonderful praise.
3: (laughs) It ain't Joe Namath.
2: No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not Richard Todd. It's not, you know, Mark Sanchez. Um, But I do think the Jets defense is the best unit of the group. I think their corners can sort of hang with Tyreek and Waddle, who's questionable for this game as well. Neither team runs the ball at all. I think the Jets will be motivated, but I don't know that as a fact. But I think they're trying to build something there, and they're going to give their all. Uh, you hope the Bills are motivated. I, I think they should be, but that's there's always hard things to guess. I just think Miami's in a bad spot.
3: Do you think the NFL figures out what it's going to do before the Saturday games?
2: Yes. I, I mean, I don't know how you can't. I mean, some of these teams need to know this stuff. You know, am I going to play these guys or not? Who am I practicing? What's this game mean to me? Um, So I would think in the next 24 hours we'll get that, you know, the playoff format or any major changes would be in by then. I'm hoping.
3: Let's get uh, to the uh, practice participation reports from today, as we like to do here on the preview in segment number one. Things are looking relatively good for the Steelers. Uh, James Pierre, uh, second consecutive day of full participation today. As he tries to bounce back from a concussion, I think he's turned into a valuable, uh, I, you know, I, contributor in that time. Uh,
2: real quick, I mean, in some ways, the Browns are constructed a lot like the Raiders, where they have a star back that gets all the attention. And I'm not saying he's Devonte Adams, but Amari Cooper's clearly their one and has a very high percentage of their production. Um, I wonder if Pierre will get some of the responsibilities like he did against Adams. You know, third yeah. down, banging outside, bang around, yeah. you know, KZ over the top, something like that. So uh, I think he's important.
3: Miles Jack uh, not participating for a second consecutive day. He is limping to the finish. It's a groin this yeah. time. Same for Larry Ogunjobi, who's been battling a toe. I That's would, every week, though, I right? expect yeah, Joby yeah. to play. Not so sure about Jack or if he does play, how long okay. he'll last. He started but didn't finish. For people who
2: don't know, so the Belaines played every snap the last two weeks. I've last not three. There's been three, right. And now Robinson's getting a little bump, too. So we'll see.
3: Um, everything else looking uh, relatively good. Minka Fitzpatrick not playing, but uh, not practicing. Excuse me, but Mike Tomlin had said uh, back on Tuesday that they weren't too concerned about his availability for the game. Good, and good, yeah. veteran guy like that doesn't really need practice. Uh, some concerns on the Cleveland side of things. Matt, uh, offensive tackle Jack Conklin, two-time All-Pro, uh, ankle didn't practice again today. Who
2: does he-, he block as a right tackle? That Watt fella. <laughs> That's a big deal.
3: Conklin got hurt against Washington last Sunday, came back in the game very briefly, and then had to exit again. Couldn't, right. couldn't finish it. And uh, Denzel Ward, uh, for my money, their best cornerback. No doubt. Uh, shoulder, he left the Washington game and did not return before leaving. He was traveling with uh, Terry McLaurin, McLaurin yeah. and uh, first target to McLaurin ended up in the hands of Denzel Ward. He's, He's a really good player. They, really good they, they player. Gave both
2: those guys, big contracts just recently. I think Ward was this off season. Conklin was like two weeks ago. Um, their secondary quite good. In my opinion, their O lines quite good, but they would miss those two dramatically, especially in a matchup like this, where that's Watts responsibility, or if you plan on traveling him with Deontay or Pickens, probably Deontay. So I wonder, I know Miles Garrett comes out. I want to. We, we want to end the Steelers season, and we're going all in. But if these guys are questionable, do you play Conklin and those? I mean, do you play them? Your stars if they're borderline? I I, I lean towards no.
3: It's an interesting uh, interesting question. Yeah. Um James Hudson's the guy who took over for uh, Jack Conklin. To me, he's just a guy.
2: Yeah, he's a mid round pick, veteran he's a guy, guys a project. Yeah. Played. He's okay. Okay. You're
3: right, right. And. Uh, what they ended up doing uh, when uh, Denzel Ward couldn't go, he wound up being replaced by Martin Emerson, uh, first-year corner, third-round, yeah. third-round pick out of Mississippi State. Uh, he gave up a 17-yard, excuse me, a uh, 20-yard completion to Jahan Dotson on third and 17. Mm-hmm. Matt, this was part of a drive. The Browns were leading three uh, nothing early in the second quarter, and uh, Washington went 21 plays, 96 yards. Eleven minutes and twenty-seven seconds, five third-down conversions, and then a uh, fourth and goal from the one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, Cleveland uh, still ended up winning the game, and
2: three Carson Wentz picks. Helps yeah, I mean quite a bit. Right, Carson
3: Wentz was really bad, and I think he was a double agent in that one. I think you can yeah. stick a fork in him because I think he's done.
2: I don't know who takes another chance on him, but, but
3: right. you give up a drive like that that screams defensive uh, vulnerability.
2: Absolutely, I, I mean. I don't know if you saw this, but in the first half of that game that you're referencing, the Browns had nine yet net passing yards. I mean, it, just a struggle. But And their run defense might be the worst in the league. I mean, when the season started, or let, let's go back a second here. They're maybe the most analytically driven team in the league. So as analytics is telling everyone nowadays, stop the pass, stop the pass. So they've invested crazy in their two-edge guys and their secondary. Fine. But as a result, they're probably the worst run defense in the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know and I mean? Not
3: not helping that, uh, three guys who are on IR uh linebackers. Jer- Jeremiah yeah. Owasu Koromoa, Sione Takitaki, and Anthony Walker. Those are the three the starting line three linebackers. Guys, right. And, and, and the they ain't f- there anymore. And they're now they're, they're playing a lot of at least against Washington, played a lot of single high and really crowded the box. Mm-hmm. They kinda hung in there. I think I think Washington had about one hundred and thirty six yards on yeah. the ground, averaged three seven a carry. It wasn't obscene. And it kept him out of the end zone in part because Carson Wentz kept throwing the ball that helped, to yeah. the wrong team. But yeah, this Cleveland team looks vulnerable and the Steelers ground game seems Perfect to be match. hitting its stride, right? Yeah.
2: And um they're playing guys like Reggie Raglan that have been out of the league and they're, you know, flops basically. And to add to that, I mean, when the season started. Looking... Boy, is he
3: a statuesque kind of.
2: Oh, he's a 1982. Uh, yeah, he yeah, I mean, yeah, looks like yeah. Levon
3: Kirkland out there. I mean, if That's you run right. at him, he'll tackle you. But oh, well,
2: He'll hit you hard if yeah. you run into him. Right, yeah, but he doesn't move real well. Uh, I wonder if they can also have success throwing to backs against those linebackers. But when the season opened, I looked at the Browns defensive tackle group and thought, is this really what they're going to roll out for the season? I mean, I thought it was one of the worst position groups in the entire league at any position, and it's they don't protect those bad linebackers either. So it's right up the middle. is very vulnerable.
3: Unless, I saw this a couple times on third downs, uh, Miles Garrett lined up
2: he'll pop, he'll get, couple get a couple times bit, yeah.
3: as a stand-up nose tackle. Yeah, yeah. And one time he got a running start and he got a sack out of it. He was mm-hmm. sort of like at the linebacker and he timed to snap and, and went yeah. right through the A-gap. So he is, uh, you know.
2: He's a force. I mean, there's no question He's who about he is, yeah. but uh,
3: I-, I think this defense uh, can be had. Uh, we'll continue uh, kicking that around, uh, particularly when uh, our next guest, Merrill Hodge, joins us. Uh, you can uh, – oh, I've read that preview already. Uh, All right. Here's the one I wanted. Steelers preview on uh, DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet. Proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was the promo I was looking for there, (laughs) There Matt. You nailed it. Uh, Merrill, as I mentioned, coming up next uh, with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuita. We're going to be here until 8 o'clock tonight, so keep it here. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE.
3: Welcome back to the preview, Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you till 8 o'clock tonight right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE. We, we are still doing shows, and we are still talking about meaningful football, and there is no better guy to talk about that than our next guest, Merrill Hodge, who joins us now as he always does. Merrill, I have been anticipating this ever since the Ravens game ended, and I knew that the Steelers would have a meaningful game coming up because... Uh, you are the guy to answer the question of the day, the question of the season, really the only question that's worth asking this week. What are the Steelers going to do about number 90 for the Cleve Brownies, <laughs> the great Jadavion Clowney?
1: <laughs> well, they probably run a couple RPOs to him, and he'll be confused and lost. <laughs> as as be all right. his helmet. He's one of your favorite players, isn't he? Love bringing him up to you. <laughs> Yeah, well, he does make splash plays, but if you watch all the games and you watch all the plays, he hurts his team more than he helps them. But because he makes splash plays, you got to be, got to be somewhat um, attentive to where he is at times. But he's sure not the game record that um, people thought he was going to be when he came out of uh, uh, South, uh, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Where he came out of, yeah.
3: You know how you can remember that is because he blew up that guy from Michigan in a bowl game.
1: That's your favorite club moment. That's yeah. how I remember yeah. it. Yeah. And you know what? You know that's exactly right. And it and that was a disservice because that's all we did at ESPN is we played that a thousand times, so people thought that that's exactly how he played. I, mean, I watched it every play. time,
3: Merrill. Right.
1: And you know what? And actually, if you go back and watch that play, actually, it was probably the it was probably the the, the perfect aligning of all of the stars and moons and planets that exist in the universe at one time. Like right? it'll never happen again. That's exactly. like going tell that he did that all the time in college. That's what his his signature moves, was. he would slam inside. And just ironically, they missed the block. They were on the, the play to that exact hole. He actually hits the back. He didn't even realize he hit the back, and the ball falls out right in his lap. You know, it's like he couldn't. Nothing. It has never happened again. It will never happen again. Never happen again. In his in his career, and everybody thought that's how he played. Um, Pick him first overall. It that was a, yeah. <laughs> And you had got okay first overall, but people may not remember who was also available. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Yeah. Which which it wasn't even it wasn't even a discussion. I mean from a football perspective. I mean if you're a real if you know football and you want a football player, you wouldn't you would be you'd throw Khalil Mack out there twenty four hours before the draft started and go, We're good.
2: <laughs> so Merrill, the guy That's on the right. other side, the other first overall pick, Miles Garrett, is obviously a force to reckon with, but the yeah. rest of this front seven for the Browns is very unimpressive to me and can be run on repeatedly.
1: And people have done that to them. They yeah. don't have, uh, you know, in all layers of their defense, they they they, uh, they have not evolved like you know. I I think that they were expecting them themselves to,
3: you know, um, and
1: that's why you know if the Steelers can do what they did against the Ravens, they you know they, they have yet to have a, two consecutive games where they have really you know, dominated and, and benefiting as far as pushing people around, moving people, um, complimenting that from a running perspective. You know, they do that, and they have, they have the ability to do that. They've You know, they just displayed that last week. Um, there's your game. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, if that's, that, that's going to be your game if they can do that because, you know, the other side, they're going to come – they're going to be committed to that, you know, and the – the reverse is going to have to be done as well. You know, there the Steelers will have to come up with, you know, and they're a little different. They they're a pin and pull um, offense. Like they they pull and trap and move people probably more than most teams. Um, the Ravens do their power O, so they pull mm-hmm. people as well. But you know, Cleveland that's that is their true signature. That they like to they like to pull pin and pull people. Um, they're good at it. their backs are good at it. Less um, zone, you got to huh? find ways. Less yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't see much. I mean, they still run a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but that's. If, I mean, if they want to. They want to damage it. It's that pin pull program that they have that they're so good at it, and um, they can do it in a variety of ways, um, different different sides. So they're going to have to handle that. And listen, the Steelers came out with some a different personnel grouping, and the, the Browns will have two and three tight ends on the field at times. So most times, I, guess. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest. I would not doubt that you know what they have kind of implemented against the Ravens. Rather, they change some wrinkles up or or whatnot. I would expect them to try to match up in the same type of way versus just regular people like they did the first time with the Ravens.
3: Well, Merrill, we got a little. Uh, I don't know quite how to describe it. It's not all going to be uh, blocking and tackling. Uh, the players are going to have to deal with some uncertainty as well. Uh, you can't be scoreboard watching while you're playing a game, I would assume. And since the oh, other yeah, you can, can yeah, you? Can. Yeah, you can.
1: Yeah, you can. Okay, I okay. did it. We did it. We did it when we were in Tampa.
3: Well, we're that's. Gonna, like, I wanted to, want to get back. Scoreboard? I wanted to get back to our other <laughs> running theme of this program, and that's that every one is that you like to rip Jadavion Clowney. The second one is everything comes back to 1989. So what was that like? I mean, were you just apparently you were not just focused on the Buccaneers? You had you had your eyes and ears open, right. huh? And you can right. you now, can you, do both, huh?
1: Right, right. Now, if, now you might Doug, you may not remember this. It ends up being one of the coldest days in Florida.
3: History, oh, I remember. Yeah, you remember
1: right? Okay. Like I think it was like 20 to, 22 degrees. It snow. Pops into my yeah. Okay. So now listen. So this all comes out of the blue. We weren't really prepared for it, so we don't bring any winter stuff, right? So we walked out of the we walked out of our locker room. We got nothing. We got. I mean, everybody had short sleeves. I mean, it was because we didn't bring any winter stuff. we were going to Tampa, so nobody packed it. And this weather was a big shift, but we were already packed and heading that way. Well, when we came out, listen, the Bucks had everything. Like they had long sleeves. They had. They watched us come walking out of there, and we would. I knew we'd won it right there. They're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're <laughs> like those guys don't even. This weather doesn't bother them. <laughs> we're trying to stay warm on the island. That was actually. Uh, one of the big factors in that game, but um, I remember the I, for some reason I know the Raiders were a part of it because that was a big game that ended up being close on that day, even though it was going to take Monday Night Football was going to be the deciding game. If it got there, Minnesota. yeah. If it got there, so we but we kept watching the two games that were going on, and that and be, and because of those scores and the way they were going, I mean that did um, add an element of of juice to that, to that day. Um, we, uh, we were focused on the game, but we watched the board. I watched the board. I, I just remember the Raiders all for some reason. I know the Raiders had a factor in that on that particular day and we couldn't believe that they were losing because I believe all three teams were favored too and favored significantly. That's why it was so, um, you know, such a, a miraculous season and how it ended up turning out.
2: So Merrill, you referenced the, uh, the Browns running game a little bit in, for my money, I might take Chubb as my favorite, best ball carrier on the planet right now. Do you think he's in that stratosphere? Well,
1: okay. Well, he surely he surely got. I mean, he's a pro. I mean, when you say a pro, I mean he is. <clears throat> he's got dynamic feet. He's he's awesome vertically and laterally, but he is so powerful, mm-hmm. um, and he's a decisive runner. He's a smart runner. You know, uh, let me back up just a little bit. You know, the counter game. You know, there's not a backs that can't run counters. I'm just telling you, I mean, I'll tell you who struggled with it. They quit running it was James Conner. James Conner struggled. I mean, they, they quit running counter because most times in counters, you pull two people. Okay, There's times when you can you can pull one, but mostly that's called like a G block. So, but counter, usually two people are coming. And he would always get ahead of the second blocker. You know, I mean, his time, they could actually quit running them. Um, for whatever reason, he struggled with that his last year, you know, that he was with the Steelers. Now that being said, there's a an art to that. There's a patience and there's an understanding. And you've got to see a lot of things unfold. Like and just a lot of backs struggle with that. And, and he does not. I mean, he he doesn't. I mean, he's powerful. He breaks tackles. He's got great speed. Uh, I mean, it's it'd be hard to find somebody better than him. You know, i i got to give a guy who – who is who's coming on and I've always, I loved him in college and he is, he could be that difference. actually in this matchup this week is, uh, uh, Travis Etienne. Etienne is a, is a dynamic runner. I think it's people got to get to see how he, when he evolves, he's a special type of runner. Um, but Chubb, there's, there's nobody that would Trump Chubb. I would agree with you.
3: You know, I was um, talking with uh, Dale Lawley, uh, one of our colleagues here, who does uh, the drive on uh, SNR with, him, yeah. with Matt Williamson, and he brought the same thing up as Chubb the best. To me, he's certainly the uh, the most versatile. Uh, you, yeah. you mentioned the speed and the patience and the power and how shifty he is. Uh, Mark Slareth was doing the game, uh, Cleveland's game of Washington last week on Fox, and he came up with a description uh, that I've never heard about a running back. He said he presents a narrow silhouette. Yeah, that's elegant. Which I thought was kind of cool, um, but I think uh, what I'm, the point I I'm laboring Sting. to make Sting. is he can be he can run you over or he can make you look bad by making you miss.
1: Yeah, well, he 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 is not just a power guy. That is, that is very true. I'm going to have to. I'm going to. Steve's a good friend of mine. Um, we played against each other in college. He was actually a defensive lineman in college, so. I, I'm gonna. I, I know stink. Okay, so I'm gonna have to call him. and I'm gonna ask him. Okay, now listen. They have just. We have just. We've just quoted you, and this quote does not fit you at all. So who helped you with it? How did you figure out how to do it? When were you gonna present it? I've been holding that for a while. Oh, he pulled it right out pretty early.
3: First or second carry. It was. He, he couldn't wait to okay, get to it. So that I can tell tells
1: you. That tells you right there. If somebody helped you with that, I'm tell you, i going to have to find out who helped you with. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I guess, you know, you got you got to gang tackle this guy and you have to get him yes. before he gets started or you've got very little chance, right?
2: And you can't allow yeah. the
3: explosion. Yeah. You
2: know the long ones. Yeah. 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 yeah, he is, He's
1: you know, like you see, Derrick Henry, you know, I mean, Derrick Henry does have flaws. I mean, like he doesn't have great feet. Mm-hmm. If he has to re- reset his feet and restart, he's really done. Um, that's, you know, no, that's not easy, you know, but that is your ultimate goal with them, I And if you can do that, you can neutralize like, but a guy like Chubb that doesn't, which is always why, when I look at a back transitioning to from the college, to the NFL, they must have that element to them to have a chance to survive because in the national football league, the running game, the game, the running game is played in the middle of the field, whereas college is played in the prim, on the perimeter. So if you don't have that ability to start, stop, redirect, you have power to you, and you're not decisive, you're just going to struggle, you know, until you learn how to play like that. That's actually why Derrick Henry really struggled for a couple of years. So, you know, he um, – actually, it was uh, Eddie George who, you know, I ever one day, and he was talking to me about how he just said, hey, listen, I told him, like, you just got to go downhill, make a decision, and go, if it's wrong, oh, so be it, go. And once he started to run like that, you know, he he, he ended up, I and mean, obviously um, the dynamic runs and the years that he has had speaks for itself. But some facts just never learn that either. And, and some don't have it at all, so they can never. That's why they've struggled transitioning, even though they played well in college.
2: So that immediately dawned on me. Are you seeing similar change from Najee recently post-buy as opposed to early in the season? Just hitting it and going? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, listen. I, I think people forget. And I he's a young back, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, he's still learning um, on how to do things, you know. And, and I, I think that injury had something to do with him. I, I I don't know that he's ever used it as a crutch, and, and there's no reason to do that because once you Not step once. inside those white lines, yeah, that's, and that's credit to him. And I would I would doubt he's he's listen that that kid is a class act, and he's and he's a, a very mature kid for for his years in this league, which aren't many. But um, he is, he ran with some authority and decisiveness in him and in energy. Now, that all being said, they've done a better job up front, too. Because I would argue, I don't know if there's been a back that has had less help from their offensive line. They've been more consistent, one of the most consistent groups in football in the last two years. You know, last year, you, I would argue that they might have been the worst in football um, for a long period. Um, they I, have, I don't know if you could argue that, Merrill. Down. I
3: think everybody would agree with you. Well, okay.
1: now, there's, <laughs> always, there's always – I'm going brain-dead right now, but I can think of a couple teams that would, would have rivaled them um, last year that that struggled. Shoot, actually, one of them might have been Jacksonville, to be honest with you, although they were slightly better. Now that being said, you know, when those guys played the way they played, and then you have to have that compliment. That, you know, Najee complimented what they had done up front. That was just a – I thought it was a beautiful – Effort for everybody, you know. Um, Jalen Warren, he he ran hard too. I mean, he, you know, he's a decisive cat and he's a powerful guy, um, and that's a luxury that they have. And I think that's going to help Najee too in in lengthening his career when you don't have to have as many carries as he had last year, more the balance that he had this year.
3: Are you at all surprised at what Kenny Pickett's been able to do the last two weeks? Uh, these no. these. Fourth quarter, beat the clock, beat the other team in the last minute drives. And uh, by the way, I, I asked him about what you had said uh, on the DV Morning Show Wednesday about how he drifted into that pressure on what became the game-winning touchdown <laughs> pass, and he, he beat himself up for that a little bit. He he said what you said that he should have stayed in the pocket. Uh, but, well, and
1: but uh, and see that's that I mean, I, listen, I I actually did the playbook on it this week, and 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 it really is okay. It's a win-win. And here's why it's a win-win. And I'll answer your question, Mike, too. I mean, I'm not surprised at Kenny because of the way he played college football and how he managed things. He never blinked. He never showed – that's why I say pocket presence. When I say pocket presence, there's a lot, of, a lot to that. You know, there's, there's a feel and a patience in there. Um, Joe Burrow's the best in football at it. Okay, Joe Burrow's the best. You want to know about pocket presence, just watch that cat. Um, Kenny Pickett has that makeup that he can do that. That's why when you think about the trans, so I know he can do it. So when I see when I see that play that happened, and keep in mind, nobody saw what what I really get to see or players get to see because nobody sees the end zone angle. Like I used to tell um, all the producers at ESPN, I'm like, you know, if if you would shoot more of the of the game from the end zone or from behind, fans would get a better view, especially with a runners' perspective and oftentimes a passer's perspective. That's why when you go into, uh, into meetings on or Tuesday when you're watching film, you watch the play twice, all 22 and then the end zone. you just There's a different view. There's different things that happen. So when I got that, I I looked at the play, I was like, gosh, that was that was really a ridiculous, instinctive play. Najee did a great job. They got the linebacker vulnerable because he's looking at the backfield. And the throw, he makes a lot of incredible throws off the move. Well, then I went to the end zone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> i like, hey, this ain't good. Now, it's it's not good because it's really not Kenny from a characteristic perspective, but it's Kenny from a rookie perspective. And that reason I know, like, I know what it was like as a rookie. I'm going to tell you this. Every snap I had my rookie year, it was like somebody, like, blurred my eyes. And I'm just telling you, it was like, where did everybody go? You know, it was like you just, everything was so fast. And I was like, geez, man, next year, the next year I came, I am telling you this. I could see things before they even happen. I I mean, that's why you see your best in a player, usually in their second year. Kenny Pickett will be just fine from the pocket eventually. He will not get himself in trouble like he did um, um, against the Ravens next year. But his ability to get um, out of that problem, I think, helps him. I mean, he, he could win in both ways.
2: I've been describing it as unnecessary movement from the pocket. I mean, is that just going to be his style, or do you think that calms down? Is that kind of what you're getting at?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't think he, he 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 wanders like he do. you know like this. He the bad snap kind of threw him off. So he did get a bad snap, but he just kept you know he kept falling that way. And the the left half everybody's doing a good job actually. Everybody the pocket was perfect. <laughs> it was ideal. Um, and it was perfect for him to step up. He, had, you know, he ruined the, the pocket by how he drifted so far outside, and I think the bad snap initiated him to go there. But what I'm, what I'm getting as I
0: don't,
1: I think next year with things much slower. Keep on mind you're in scoring territory too. The field has shrunk. Things are so much faster and quicker there. So what I'm saying you're already blurred out in the middle of the field. Well, you get really blurred when it gets down there. I mean, it looks like there's 50 people on the field sometimes, you know, as a rookie. But I'm just telling you this, next year you're not going to see that. You're not going to see a kid who who gets himself into trouble. Um, he will be much better from the pocket and from a structural aspect. He won't – they won't be self-inflicted wounds like you see now, is what I'm getting at. I, you'll see less of that.
3: So have you seen year. enough – have you seen enough that you're convinced he's the guy?
1: Yes. Oh, no, there's – Not even question. There there was not his skill set was worthy of where he got drafted, and he does possess things that transition to our league at an elite level. You know, from processing and accuracy. You know, and that means decision making. And I kind of group him as one and one A. But you got to have that to even a remote shot. He has got that at at a pristine level. Um, His pocket awareness and his anticipation. Like, if you have those things and he has them at a very high level, you've got a great chance. And he's put that on display. You know, he has put that on display. And he will get better and better and look so much better um, when we see him next year as well.
2: Merrill, I don't know how much you've watched the Deshaun Watson, but uh, after this 700-day layoff, he looks like he is a fish out of water to me. I mean, he's holding the football a very long time not processing yeah. quickly, not going through his reads. Is that what you're seeing as well?
1: Matt, you know, something I thought was lost in that whole process. You know, you just mentioned he hasn't played for two years, okay? And everybody um, thought about he hasn't played for two years, hasn't played for two years. Well, um, he got older in two years, and that's, that's 36 games to say 40 games, depending on if you got playoffs Okay, that you don't get the season as a player. Mm-hmm. You don't get to grow. I mean that is those two years are devastating, and you were there with no the team
2: for twelve weeks or eleven weeks. Correct. I mean, home, so it isn't you know, like
1: right. right. It isn't like that you were you were getting some type of work uh, elsewhere. You got nothing. I mean that I don't know. You know the only guy really that I know that had something like that was Mike Vick. You know, Michael came back, and you know he had a, a really good run towards the end. Some saying it can't happen, um, but he wasn't the same as he was, as he once was. That being said, you know, against his first game against Houston, oh my gosh, it was terrible. Rural. It was like, oh, it was, and he's not gotten, they, they try to keep it pretty simple too for him. You know, they look like they're trying to bring him along too. When I say simple, I mean, they do a lot of screens. They do um, half field reads, and he is willing and ready to run more than he was in the past. So, and they, you know the play that they've gotten, Yeah, oh, yeah. And he's he's leaning back on that, where at this point in your career, that should have been like gone. You know, you should have converted everything you did in your legs to your arm by now to where he is. And the plays they make in the passing game are are a product of really what the receivers do on their own individual efforts. You know, they haven't, he hasn't really been sharp from the pocket. And I don't expect that. You know, I don't expect um, that ain't going to change this week. You know, he'll be inconsistent. but because you know he has the ability to run, there's always that potential danger, and um, he, I think he becomes less efficient. Well, he does. He becomes less efficient, and he becomes less of, uh, of a concern the more you can control that running game. You know, if you can do that, then yeah. you're going to put them in a bad spot where they Amen. don't
3: want to be. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Merrill, hope we're doing this again next week. If not, great so year, right. so and right. uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, gentlemen, go Steelers, baby.
3: That was uh, Merrill Hodge here on uh, Steelers Preview. Uh, You can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. Those are located at AccraSure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Still one more segment to go here, so... Keep it right here with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Persuda. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR.
2: Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE.
3: Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you here until 8 o'clock tonight, so just one more segment to go here on the preview, but uh, still a lot to get to. Uh, before we do, I want to remind everyone that the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank Reminds you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate at a Pittsburgh at pittsburghfoodbank.org. Man, I wanted to uh pick up uh at the outside of this segment where you and Merrill kind of left off with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, I watched the first half of Cleveland, Washington, mm-hmm. and I agreed with everything you said. I was like, wow. appalled, yeah. like, boy, this guy's just he's a he's a step slow. Yeah, everything yeah. he's doing, it it's not there. And uh, the way the game ended, Cleveland only targeted wide receivers seven times. Mm -hmm. Wide receivers only had four catches, three of them by Amari Cooper. But three of them got in the end zone. And I want to tell you, in the second half of that game, uh, I saw a little spark out of Watson. A little bit, yeah. There were three passes down. They hadn't gone down the field all day. And there was – because the one touchdown that Cooper scored was nine yard out that – Kendall Fuller, the cornerback for Washington, just completely misplayed. Yeah, should have been gave it, it as a gimme. Yeah. Should have been a short game, shove him out of the out of bounds, and you know line up again, and he somehow missed him. But uh, there was a 26 yard strike to Cooper on third and nine, a 22 yard pass to uh, the tight end uh, David Njoku, a guy who boy I think he's underachieved I'm, in I'm, his career. I like him, yeah. um, and then a 33 yard touchdown pass to Cooper, kind of a 20 yards across the middle. Uh, There were also a couple of read options. One of them went for 21 yards, and when he got into the open field, Watson started doing the Deion Sanders thing a little bit. Big smile on his face. You know, stuff started happening in that second half, and he looked to me like a guy who was starting to feel it, and he reminded me he ain't Tyler Huntley. Right.
2: (laughs) Well said. I'm glad you went down that road because one of my big notes for this game is which Deshaun do you get? You know, I mean, the – The one for his Browns career has been miserable. Awful. But that second half is clearly the best he's played in a Browns uniform. He's immensely talented. I mean,
3: is there a uh, Sands in the Hourglass and okay, now you're back? And and did he he reach that that point? Right. You might
2: be getting him at the wrong time. Uh, I, that this guy used is, to
3: terrify me. Watch, just watching him on television, he was breathtaking in, uh, in his heyday.
2: I mean, honestly, the last we saw him in Houston, I thought he was easily a top five quarterback, yeah. maybe third. You know, like, I mean, superstardom was within his grasp, and he had a great feel for the game. Um, you can see on the field, you know, what they loved about him and why they gave him everything they did you hope it doesn't come back ever to be honest but, or at least wait till next year but there were certainly glimpses in the second half and like you said the comfort level was better you know what i mean it, he was enjoying it again it looked like
3: yeah and, and, and he didn't carry the ball a ton no but we saw um read options uh quarterback draws mm-hmm. um and definite... Merrill kind of
2: had a good point at that he's been using it a little bit as a crutch. I mean, he's not. He is a good runner, but he's not Lamar. You know, it's he, he, it's it's a peripheral thing for him. Um, and even the read option stuff. I don't think Chubb loves it that much. I mean, it was starting to work a little bit more. I think he wants more of the traditional. <laughs> I think
3: Chubb just figures, give me the damn ball. Right. Let's just I'm do better it do at this it. than right. you. Yeah. Exactly. But that's probably a running theme in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, they still don't run him enough for my for I my agree. money.
2: As good as he is, he still is a little underused. And. uh. But if it all hits, I mean, that could be a dangerous offense with a very dangerous quarterback.
3: Yeah, I almost think you go into this one, and uh, clearly the Steelers were playing the Ravens game very conservatively. Let's not make mistakes. If we get a chance to kick one, let's kick one. Let's not throw three interceptions this time. Especially
2: in the second half when they knew the Ravens weren't moving
3: the ball. And let's not give them any easy ones because they are clearly limited. Mm -hmm. I think you might have to open it up a little earlier this time. I tend
2: to agree. I mean, I just think the explosive element of the Browns Potential offense is different than the Ravens. I mean, yeah, the Browns are struggling, but they have better weapons. You know, what I mean, Chubb's better than Dobbins. They actually have real receivers. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the the Ravens don't have real receivers and playing a backup quarterback and they're you know. So uh, I, I I'm not saying the Browns can make this thing twenty nothing before you know it, but they have more explosive traits. You know, you miss one tackle on Chubb, he's going eighty. You know, so that's worrisome.
3: We talked with uh, Terrell Austin, the Steelers defensive coordinator, today. It was coordinator Thursday on the south side. And I was asking him specifically about Mark Robinson, Mm. who played 50% of the defensive snaps. Yeah, and he shows up. Started. Hits like a truck. I don't know if he can do anything else. And Terrell Austin, to paraphrase his comments, good job, but... That was a pretty Raven specific plan for all the reasons you just mentioned. So, a six man front yeah. in front of them, <laughs> you know, it was but pretty I, unique. Right? I, I don't know. I'm sticking with this guy. I mean, you look go back to the Indianapolis game at the end of November. Devin Bush played 100 percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, his snap count has dwindled, 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 Massively. dwindled. I don't think he was going to play in Baltimore until Miles Garrett got hurt. He certainly didn't come in a game before then. Okay, only ended up with five defensive snaps. i
2: to say between him and Jack, they hardly played at all. Now
3: Terrell right. Austin said. Ah, uh, you know, we'll see. We're going to need Devin again, and you'll probably see him more this week. I don't know. I don't know. If, if I'm the Steelers, I'm sticking with Robinson, and if he blows the coverage, he blows the coverage. It won't be the first time. Right. At I least he gave you a fighting chance against a really good running back.
2: He's super intriguing to me, Robinson, for next year, and I'm glad that he's actually, as, as Coach says, getting in stadiums and understanding what it takes, and he's probably raw in special teams. I'm not a special teams champion, but, I mean, it, learning that stuff as well. I would bet, you know, as Merrill said, this is a pretty complex running game that they throw at you, and they won't protect them as well as they did against the Ravens with that six-man front and two nose tackles on the field and stuff like that. He'll make mistakes, but he's going to show up good and bad, and I'm fine with that.
3: That was uh, a splash player. It was really interesting to watch that unfold. Another really productive game. Uh, beyond the statistics for DeMarvin Leal. Yeah, yeah. Just because of how often they use him and, yeah. and the different spots they use him in.
2: Rookie class is shaping up. I and mean, it's not just Pickett and pickings.
3: This is, uh, you know, getting way ahead of ourselves. But uh, as you look to next year, they, they struggle to have two good inside linebackers and, and they seem to have some depth up front. Should they just go ahead and become a 4-3 team?
2: They kind of are anyways. I mean, they play so much nickel. I mean, yeah. it's a four-man front, a high percentage of the time. I mean, four, three, three, four is a kind of a, not a conversation anymore, but there's gonna be two linebackers on the field an awful lot. And I don't know who those two are gonna be. I think one probably is playing for another team right now <laughs> next year. Yeah, I would spend some money on the second level
3: guy. Is the other one Robinson?
2: I would I could live with I think you tell Jack and Bush, sorry, but this just didn't work out. I think you go in with yeah,
3: I think I think Miles is just breaking down physically. I know,
2: and he said uh, he had you know stuff going back to college, and that's why he wasn't yeah. a first round pick. And but the
3: complete lack of splash at that position is, is just mind boggling. Remarkable.
2: I mean, it's zeros across the board is for remarkable. all of them. For I mean, all of them. I don't know how feasible this is, but I would spend good money on a linebacker. That Edmonds yeah. fella who's got some relations here would be a, a, a target, you know, something I would, like that. I
3: would drive up 79 and uh, pick him up and bring him down from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe make a group deal on the brothers, you know. I kind of like that call. Spillane Robinson, an expensive dude, and then maybe late in free agency, some yeah. veteran that's been around the block that wants to sign a one-year deal for $2 million that's, you know, a, a, a professional.
3: Steelers defense, uh, warts and all, and you know we've kind of carped on it uh, a fair amount this year. But since week 10, Matt, you're a big stats guy. Yeah. Fourth in the NFL in points allowed at 16.9. First in yards per game at two sixty eight point six, second in opponent pass rating at 78.2. And fifth in opponents third down at 34.1. That from uh, our buddies in NFL research. Can't do it a whole lot better than that.
2: No, it's been phenomenal since then. I don't even know if all of our listeners realize this. They lead the league in interceptions, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't ever recover a fumble for whatever reason, but so be it. So this defense is really shaping up. I know we're here to talk about the Browns, but they're going to have some interesting decisions this offseason on that side of the ball, too.
3: That they are. Uh, we got uh, just a little bit of time left, enough for Kenny Pickett to get it in the end zone and enough for me to ask you are we doing this again next week?
2: I lean towards yes, especially with the lingering thought that maybe eight teams will go. That would sure help the Steelers, or our chances of returning next Thursday.
3: Yeah, if it, if it's eight, I, I think they're in. If it's seven, I don't think they're going to get there. I can't. Then again, I didn't think Miami would lose to New England. Right. But um, I I just, the Jets, uh, I know Jacksonville bailed them out last year, but, uh, boy, you're really pressing your luck. and it's you, hard to hit parlays. If you're asking for the Jags one year and then right. the Jets the next year. I know. Uh, I know. Really, really difficult stuff. But I, I do think the Steelers are uh, pretty buttoned down. And uh, I'm going to call this this season a successful one, playoffs or no playoffs.
2: There's a foundation.
3: Mostly because of Kenny Pickett.
2: Sure. In lo- a run game.
3: But I love your word, foundation. Yeah, they, they, right.
2: The bricks and mortar have been poured.
3: The, the wheels didn't come off. They're Mm-mm. still the Steelers to me.
2: Yeah, and the defense rebounded huge. There's a I, an article I wrote this week was, is this a sustainable foundational run game? Where'd you I write, write that yes. article, Matt?
3: DK Pittsburgh Sports. There you go. Yeah,
2: yeah um but i think that that is something i am counting on for the future for them to have a solid or m- more solid run game than we've had in recent memory around here for sure and that's a good start
3: is o line less of a offseason priority for you than it was yes at, and at no. the half midway point there's no point. way
2: that they'll be this lucky with injuries on the o line i mean they missed okay. like 10 snaps and i have no faith on any of the backups maybe they're better than they thought we thought but i haven't seen them i'm going to side on the side that they're the backups aren't good enough if you told me these 5 are playing every snap next year cool, but I think you still need to bring in two, you know, a center and a tackle and at least for, for At work. least for depth, if not. For, at least. Or move more to a depth piece, or Cole to a depth piece, or, you know, it, it, adding two more prospects, I think, is wise.
3: Steelers preview on DV is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to uh, IU Jake for... Uh, staying behind the glass and getting us on the air tonight. You know, he's got Indiana-Iowa tonight on the hardwood. He's got to go deal with that. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to you for finding us, however, and wherever you found us. If the Steelers are still playing, we'll still be talking about it at this time next week. If not, uh, it's been a great season. We've really enjoyed bringing this to you each and every week. That's going to do it for us for... Merrill and Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. This has been Steelers Preview on your Steelers Flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin.